0: Hello, my name's Todd.
1: Mrs. this is Kathy. Welcome back
0: to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 542. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I'm going to play a clip. Kathy has no idea what this clip is, even though she's going to recognize it immediately. Okay. And there's a reason why I'm playing it. Okay. About 30 seconds long.
2: Importantly, my best, best man, Mr. Tom Haverford. Oh!
0: This is from Parks and Rec, by the way.
2: Coolest guy I know. And ladies, he's single, I think. You're not still married, are you? No. But you, you're straight? Yes. John Ralphio is just a friend? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, oh my god, I'm married. (laughs) That's crazy. What happened? But seriously, life is short, right? Uh, just, I really think you should just do whatever makes you happy. That's what April and I did. We are in love. So we didn't overthink it. I mean, seriously, I cannot <laughs> emphasize how little we
1: thought about this.
0: My... So the reason I'm playing that clip is because at this moment, 1123 on a Monday, on our anniversary, by the way.
1: Happy anniversary, baby.
0: Happy anniversary. I literally have no idea what we're going to talk about in the next 45 to 60 minutes. Literally. Literally. Chris Traeger. And I don't really think you do like, so just to give you guys some insight on Zen Parenting Radio, (laughs) I had a call this morning at 9 a.m. Or no, 10 a.m. I came downstairs. Wait,
1: was it 9.30? It was at 10. Okay, good.
0: And uh, I sat down getting like the equipment set up. And she goes, Kathy's like, "Are are you on or am I? I go, it's not me. So like two minutes ago, I'm like, it's you. So I'm curious to see what you're going to...
1: But that's not like that's new. That's what we do all the time.
0: But no, nobody knows that. And usually I at least have a little sense of where the next 60 minutes is going to take us. Wait. And I'm just curious.
1: Okay. Well. What do we got? There's a bunch of different things I want to talk about today. First is that if this is 542, this podcast, that adds up to 11. Very good. So we're going to take this up to 11.
0: Yes, we're going to take it up to 11. Um,
1: and I love the number 11. I get really excited when I see 1111. 11. It's an angel number. Um, and I have recognized that 11 and 11 means for me that I'm on the right path, whatever that means. Um, so that's not what I was going to talk about, though. First thing I want to talk about is dreams. Okay. Before that. Okay. Yes.
2: This is a top to, a, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. Oh. 11, oh, 11, 11. And most of the amps then we'll... go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? <laughs> it's not 10. You see, most, most blokes are going to be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. (laughs) What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? (laughs) These go to
1: 11.
0: (laughs) If you don't know what that's from... Then shame on you. It's
1: from Spinal Tap. No shame. This is a no shame zone. This is
0: the no shame zone. Okay, you said dreams.
1: So I, I just want to talk about a few things. First of all, that something my daughters and I have been talking about because we are um, in prob- probably going into one of the roughest weeks as far as this pandemic goes. Um, at least we're being told that. I feel like we've been told that before, but mm-hmm. I'm, I think that might be true. Um, and so the pan, so, you know, so we're all at home. We're in the middle of this pandemic. There's a lot of uh, crisis around us, um, and I'm dreaming about really, really weird things, mm-hmm. and I am finding that my daughters are too. They've been telling me some of their dreams, and I think that it, sometimes the dreams are scary, and sometimes they're just anxiety-provoking. The One of my dreams this morning, I told Todd, was that I was getting ready for a formal with all my girlfriends from college and I've been prob- talking to them more than usual, which is probably part of the reason. And then I realized that I had to go get ready for a formal and mm. I needed to take a shower. Yeah. So the only shower I could think of was this one at a fraternity house across the street. So I went to the fraternity house across the street. and Because that's took- where
0: all girls like to shower. <laughs> like,
1: What's happening? And took a shower and realized where I was while I was in the shower and that there would be boys, men there. And then I had no towel and then I had no clothes.
0: Did you have your razor and shaving cream?
1: You know, it's so funny that you would say that I had a razor because the whole reason I realized I needed to go take the shower was I needed to shave my legs. Yeah. So like that I had thought about. Um, But, you know, so what does all that mean? I don't, I could (laughs) analyze it in many ways, but I think it's anxiety and feeling exposed Mm. and feeling afraid and not realizing it, having uncertainty and um, you know, feeling, um, inability to do anything at that moment, which I feel most of the day, like I wave in and out of kind of normal moments. And I'm using the word normal to mean like, I'm working, I'm cooking, I'm, you know, preparing, I'm cleaning, I'm talking with my family. Um, and then everything feels kind of typical. And then I wave into like, Oh my gosh, and I think we're all going through that. And so it comes out in our dreams. So, you know, for those of you who are having and my dreams are very vivid. Um, and that could be because I'm sleeping longer. That is one thing that's happening is I think you and I used to average about six. Yeah. Six and a half, seven.
0: Well closer to eight. Yeah. Sometimes nine.
1: Sometimes eight or nine oh. now. Which is great. I mean, if we can take these little things out of this pandemic, it's maybe that we're getting more sleep and and we need to.
0: I think kids are going to be taller as a result of this pandemic because we grow when we sleep. And I'm thinking of my teenagers right now. They have to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to school in normal times. And they're getting at least... Somewhere between two and four hours extra sleep as a result of this pandemic. Yeah, and I think that we're gonna have taller kids. Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, I'm just making stuff up, but more I more well see it.
1: rested. Yeah, um, for sure, and well rested means a lot of different things, and they need it right now because one of the things that we have to do right now, um, there are many things we have to do, but is keep our immune system strong um, for ourselves, right. for our family, and for everybody. Yeah. I I think the biggest message. For myself personally, but also that I think my kids really get now, and I know that just from being on social media that majority of people get this is it's not just about us. Is I'm not like girls take your vitamins so you won't get sick. It is rest, take your vitamins, drink water, do that because we are part of a bigger picture and we need to do our part to be as healthy as possible and um, to stay at home and to not create more problem.
0: Are you trying to say that we are helping our fellow brothers and sisters by getting good rest? Correct. I have some friends that are gonna be delighted with that because they love to sleep.
1: Yeah, Especially I know. my
0: friend Dean. <laughs> Dean, in case you're listening, which I know you're not, you're saving the world by sleeping so much.
1: He's been saving the world.
0: Well, well done.
1: Well and you know it really is. I mean it is the these things that I was just talking to, I was just telling you the story. I was just talking to my girlfriend who was just asked to do some work for the city of Chicago. And it's kind of a big deal um, what she's going to do. And, you know, I was, I got really deep with her about what she's being asked to do. Not only does she get to channel all of her.
0: creative juices
1: juices and her work ethic and her grief and her desire to help and support into something. Mm -hmm. But then it will result in something that other people will be able to see and enjoy and appreciate and possibly hand down to grandchildren. She is in a, she's in this historical moment actually being able to do something to help the greater good. And, and hers is more tangible because she's doing it for the city of Chicago but we all have that opportunity. And, you know, first of all, taking care of ourselves, that's the, that's the basic one because you've got, that's our foundation, our grounding. But then we all have that opportunity. Um, and I think... Can I
0: give you a Mother Teresa quote? Please. So for those of us who feel like we're not doing enough, because yeah. I feel kind of helpless and I, yeah. I do some, but I could do more. And this is, I'm not going in the direction of shooting on myself. But Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Right, and for those of us who are kind of in that mode, you are doing something by loving your family. So,
1: well, it. and I think that for people who you know, when we talk about like crisis, is just I think Glennon used to say this. I, I want to give her credit because I think she was the Who's one. Who's Glennon, said this. sweetie? Uh, Glennon Doyle, who wrote Untamed. I'm sure you're all reading it at this point. Um, but you know, long time ago, this was even before Love Warrior. We, you know, she's. Her, she. I don't even think this was part of a book, but she talked about how crisis is like a a sifter um, and that when you have a crisis, everything that's non-essential gets sifted out. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good metaphor um, to understand what we're going through right now is that we have always talked about crisis on this show, you and I, but crises are, they're, they're, um, what's the word? They're relative, mm-hmm. right? This is a global crisis. And so what's essential is being made clear to all of us at the same time.
0: So there's people out there, including me, like, oh, I need a haircut. Well, my haircut isn't nearly as important today than it was a month ago. Correct. So... All these things that we were worried about in February, correct, get sifted out. Yes. So I guess one teachable lesson out of all this, a year from now, when everything's back to normal, yes, and we're worried about our haircut, maybe we can recall this saying, you know what? I wasn't worried about my hair back in March of 2020.
1: Right. And the haircut is a symbol, a yeah, metaphor it's a metaphor, any, a metaphor for anything. anything else. And that's really what I'm I'm writing right now, something about grief, and that's really like. I was talking about how people experience grief and some people, and this is myself personally, but clients that I talk to too, some people experience it as like heightened anxiety and fear, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, not everybody would think about grief as being heightened anxiety and fear, but it is, it can be. And some people find grief to be the great sifter Mm. where they start to see What's most important where they start to see this didn't matter. This didn't matter. And I think grief is all of those things Mm. because I don't think you can decide I'm going to grieve this way. I think it comes and goes in really weird ways. You
0: can't choose. No, you
1: can't. It's all over the board. And, um, and we are never, you know, when it comes to grief, like right now we're in the middle of it, but I think when we're in the middle of a grief, our old griefs come up Mm. stronger.
0: Is this kind of how we're talking about yesterday? Everything's magnified right now. Correct. Okay.
1: Um, and I think that you start to when you gr- realize you're grieving, you start to. <clears throat> oh, sorry,
0: I did the wrong one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when you, you realize you're, I had to cough and I muted the wrong one. Um, when you realize you're grieving. When you
1: realize you're grieving. You those familiar feelings, it's like these spidey senses of, oh, I remember feeling this way. Because the thing, let me, let me say this first of all, grief doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. What you do is you learn how to integrate grief and it, you carry it with you yeah. internally. But you find a place for it, hopefully a comfortable place where it has belonging sure. rather than a repressed dark place where you're trying to pretend it doesn't exist. Right. So you carry grief with you. So what happens when you're in the middle of grief like right now is all of those old griefs are like, oh, I I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, that's me too. And so everything kind of comes up stronger. And so if you are feeling like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've... We were talking about this this morning with your sister because she was, um, you know, your mom passed away however many years ago and your sister was having some feelings about that today. And I said to you... I can't tell you, I mean, I think about my dad all the time. He's part of my meditation. I think about him every day, but I've been thinking about different things in regards to my dad and grief. And I've been thinking about, um, I'll be honest, I the two things I've been thinking about the most is how glad I am that my dad is not here right now because he would have, <clears throat> if he would have gotten sick, it, it, it would have, you know, it, I'm just glad that it's a different time and i'm so also, your dad
0: was sick for a long time right? and if he would have to go through the quarantine as a then really he'd sick be alone, guy yeah
1: and i was with him we were with him all the time because he was really sick and and here's the thing there's so many people going through that right now in present time sure. um so i just feel that fear mm. and anxiety with them even mm. though it's not really happening for me sure and then the other thing i think about is how sick i was a couple of years ago and how horrible that was And when I was sick for about a month um, with a flu, and when I read about people's experience with this, it just brings all that back. Mm. It just scares me. Mm. Um, And the thing, it scares me because I had put that somewhere. And I think I know that people, there's, I know the statistics, I know that majority, vast majority of people are going to be fine with, get it. that get this sickness. Yeah. But I feel, I re feeling that struggle of being so sick. Sure. And that's just so like something I kind of put somewhere. I didn't put it in a dark place. Yeah. I integrated it because I, I get, I was sick for a couple months after emotionally. So I had to really grieve through it, but it's just being brought up again. And, um, And then everything else, any kind of fear, childhood fear that we're, you know, something that we had, where a lot of people were saying something like that will never happen. And then now even as adults, we're like remembering as children that people said, oh, everything will be okay. And we're not feeling that. So I guess I'm saying if you are feeling that way, like old griefs are coming up, I'm right there with you. And I think that that Mm is... You know, I'm speaking personally, person to person, but therapeutically as a therapist, I think that's the most normal thing in the world. Mm. I think that should be expected. I think that, you know, it's kind of like when you think about a joyful day, you think about your other joyful days, you know, they kind of all kind of group together. Yeah, it's
0: pretty normal.
1: Absolutely. I, and and so that's...
0: So if somebody is out there listening, saying, great, I totally um, attach to what you're saying, Kathy. Yeah and I'm grieving and having some PTSD about a previous experience or yeah. my childhood, what are you? T- what can you tell them to help?
1: Well, just talking about it, because I didn't even, in that moment, I didn't even realize that was going to upset me when I talked about being sick. And I obviously, because I'm podcasting, I didn't let myself have a really good cry about it, but I didn't realize that was even there. Mm-hmm. Like, that just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. So. My point is is that talk about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say – you don't have to go through the old grief again, meaning yeah. you don't have to go through every – but allow it to have a place where it, it. there's a belonging of it's okay that you're feeling those things again or that you're scared of those things like – saying it out loud to someone because I have a feeling if you're talking with another, with anybody, they'd probably say me too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some people who don't know how to do that. They just want to feel sorry for you and say, Oh, I'm sorry. You're feeling that way. But that's usually, that's what I call sympathy where people are trying to not experience what you're experiencing, So they pretend that they can't relate. Mm-hmm. But I think that empathetically we can all kind of have that like, or things that we, you know, anxieties or if it's not a grief, an anxiety or fear that we felt that we had kind of like, oh, I've moved beyond that. But now it's like coming up again.
0: So um, so when I heard you say that, basically you're saying talk about it or, or express it, grief, mm-hmm. sadness, tears. Yeah. And I'm reading the book that you've been reading for years called uh, The Book of Awakening. Yeah. But, and I read, it's, a, it's a daily, quick one page. Did you read today's? I read today's. Yeah, it's a good one. So I'm just going to read the last two paragraphs, which are really short. We often, and it's about giving feelings voice, right? Giving feelings expression. We often underestimate the power of giving voice, but it's real and sustaining. It is the basis of all song. It is why prisoners break into song. It's why blues are sung. Even when no one is listening, it's at the heart of all hymns and mantras. And it works its healing. Not so much by being heard as by the fact that in giving voice to what lives within, Even through the softest whisper, we allow the world of spirit to soften our pain. In this way, the smallest moan is in itself a lullaby. In giving voice to what we feel, the darkest cry uttered with honesty can arrive at the holiest of songs.
1: Yeah. I mean, and songs... So you guys may notice that there's a lot of people on social networking who are singing, um, doing karaoke. I know
0: somebody... Uh, that I'm related to, that's been doing some singing. <laughs> you
1: guys should all follow, follow Shane my sister. Adams. What,
0: what is her Instagram? Account? I don't know.
1: Look, look it up and see, so we can. I follow. don't know how to
0: look somebody, but I'm gonna try. Insta- so
1: Shane lives um, alone in Evanston. She is far from alone in life, but she has her own apartment, so she is quarantining um, on her own and. Um, she sings every day and it's become kind of her morning ritual or she dances and it helps her relief and release some of the anxiety and pressure. So her, uh,
0: I don't know her. Can you look it up on your phone just for kicks? Um, My my sister is awesome by the way, (laughs) and hilarious. And um, she just is really, really funny. So if you want to follow somebody that I think is funny and related to me.
1: Um, So, but on that note, you know uh, it's, it's uh, Shane A, S-H-A-Y-N-E-A. Um, so it'd be at Shane A Instagram. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Shane is doing that. Um, I know your friend, uh, your friend, Ed Gutis is dancing mm-hmm. outside with his kids. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? I have not. Yeah, they do. I think they take requests. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed that people are doing creative things or baking and showing people what they're doing. And to all of you, I mean, I'm not big into likes and loves, and I, I, it's not that that's a big deal to me personally, but you may want to think about liking those things, not so people feel for a different reason. Let me say it this way. Like them in a demonstration of solidarity, of like-
0: We see you. We see you. Thank and you. Thank
1: you for like expressing your grief, or finding new ways to channel what we're feeling, or- it's not about getting the most hits and, and going viral. It's about me too. Mm. It's like our way of saying, um, I'm trying to find a way to, and you give me some relief. Like sure. I am finding myself, I'm a scroller. I'm not always a liker and I don't comment that much, but I'm finding myself really being like, Ooh, that's helpful. That's helpful. And, and it's less about work and business and more about just, you're making me feel good posting that. Like, you guys, I mean, one of the best, and and again, I know he has greater access than we do, but John Krasinski's show that he's created called um, Some Good News (SGN) and he's doing it in a really, you know, bare bones way. I'm sure he has access to better equipment and everything, but he's doing it in a bare bones way. His kid, his daughter, made the sign. He's he's he gets dressed up in a suit to which do it, hilarious. which cracks me up. But him using this opportunity and his voice to do just a short show about good news. And then today he brought on Lin-Manuel and the cast of Hamilton. I got it.
0: Should I play some of it? Sure. I don't know if this is the right spot, but it's where the girl's talking and then and then go. Emily Blunt comes up.
1: That's way, like go way past that because they talk for a while. Oh, they do? Uh-huh.
0: Okay. All right. So we're going to start right here. I don't know if it's the right spot. Okay. Do you want to set it up?
1: Well, basically, what what happened was so John Krasinski kind of looks through social networking and finds things that actually there was a little girl last week who had just um, uh, beaten cancer and was on her way home. And he there was all these people lining the streets and you know cheering for her. And then he interviewed her. So on this one. It was this little girl who was supposed to go see Hamilton, and she was very sad because she loves Hamilton, but instead she decided to watch Mary Poppins, which his wife Emily Blunt is in. So she gets the opportunity to talk to Emily Blunt for a minute, but that isn't the hugest deal to her. And then all of a sudden Lin-Manuel pops up on the screen, and then everybody in the original cast pops up from their own homes, and they sing Alexander Hamilton, and it made me cry. First of all, because it reminded me of what used to be normal, because we used to listen to that all the time. And it also just was such, again, a way of using creativity to demonstrate solidarity. So
0: give me this sign when you think we're done. All right.
2: On Broadway. It was kind of the same. He is in it. Um, I mean, he's
1: not like the best part of it, obviously. <laughs> Clearly, I'm the best part of it. Yeah,
2: Lynn is not a good part in the movie. He yeah. is a okay part. He's kind of like a backup dancer. <laughs>
1: he's kind of like a backup dancer, I would yeah, say. He's yeah, he's kind of
2: like a like a B-boy or I something.
1: mean, I forget that he's even Hello? Oh, wow. Hold on
0: a second. I was ah. in my popping. Women Will Miranda? He's going. Oh, wait. <sighs>
1: Hi. Hey, Lynn, That's I didn't
2: weird. know you could Zoom bomb, man. That's uh, yeah, a little Lee, weird. this
1: is a Zoom bomb. She's here to see Mary Poppins, not Jack the Lamplighter. Yeah, okay? exactly.
0: Hi, Aubrey, how are you? Uh, I'm hey. so sorry you didn't get to see Hamilton. I'm so glad to meet you.
2: Oh, oh my God. Hi. Oh, um, man, Lynn, thank you so much for stopping by, but uh, we we pretty much got it handled now. We yes, just, Lynn, we're good. We did a really classy thing. We sent her tickets. Oh, are you a big office her, man? Nope. You've no. never really seen it. See it. I'm, I'm a big fan of the memes of it, though. The memes. Thank you for bringing, it, <laughs> oh, nice. memes. for bringing that up, Lynn. That was a source <laughs> like of. The...
0: It. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we um, we're sending her to New York, Lynn, and we're gonna send her to Hamilton in New York.
0: Well, that's amazing. Um, I I think we can top that right now, though. <laughs> oh wait, something. Oh, wait, wait. oh sorry. There are a bunch of people just joining. <laughs> uh. That's my favorite song from Hamilton how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the caribbean by providence
2: impoverished and squalor grow up to be a hero and a scholar the ten dollar founded father without a father got a lot father by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being the self-starter by 14. They placed him in charge of the trading chart. And every day while slaves were being slaughtered and and carted away across the
0: waves, he struggled and kept his guard. Hard to stop.
1: It is well, Mm -hmm. it just goes on. They do the whole three-minute song.
0: Mm -hmm. I just wanna just put when they're all singing. Okay, go ahead. To do for someone less astute, he would have been dead and destitute without a cent of restitution. Started working, cooking for his late mother's landlord, trading sugar cane and rum, and all the things he can't afford. For every book he could get his hands on hey. for the future. See him now as Ooh. he stands on the bow of the ship. So he has all sixteen everybody people doing it so i'll include it in the show notes so for those of you guys listening on your uh, phone which most of us do just click if you scroll down click on the youtube clip and you can watch this 16 and a half minute video but the the hamilton begins at about 10 minutes so just an fyi part of me wants to just play the whole thing but
1: Uh, that's not we got a lot of see it let's
0: give them the chance to see it themselves and i think that's
1: that's appropriate
0: yes So, Sweetie's crying. Sweetie's giving voice to her feelings uh, and emotions. I
1: just miss that. I just... Well, and you know what I think? I think it brings up an old grief that Hamilton helped me a lot after the election.
0: Hmm.
1: And uh, it just brings up an old grief, you Hmm. know, because I was so grateful to them. Like, we... It, you know, the music was just so helpful in remembering what was most important and the people who were really willing to help and support and what this country is really about. And it just kept me grounded. And not only the history of our country, but someone like Lynn manuel who's like just such a good man and what he gives through music it's just it's overwhelming to me so it just it's just old and I you know I think we talked um a couple weeks ago about anticipatory grief Mm. and I think because so many headlines today are like this is our worst time this is our 9-11 this is our Pearl Harbor that's too much that's too much. Mm. How do you anticipate something like that? I can't I can't breathe... You know how we were talking about a couple weeks ago, breathing in the suffering of others? Yeah. I can't breathe that all in. Yeah. I can breathe in the day-to-day. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. The,
0: how, how can you possibly breathe in the collective of what's happening?
1: I can't. And I can't breathe in the historical collective. Mm. Meaning when someone's like, this is your Pearl Harbor. This is your... I, how is that like... That's, and I understand... I'm not angry with journalists. I understand they're trying to say, "Wake up, people! We need help. We need reason." It, it rallies people. I think fear can be can take us the wrong way, and fear can and wake us up. So I think journalists, um, the, the articles I'm reading—New York Times, Washington Post, um, Wash, uh, Wall Street Journal—I think they're just trying to say, "Wake up." Um, and say all hands on deck mm. and if that means um yeah if you can use home, that
0: language right. to help people empower themselves and doing what's right right but it is hard to take it all in.
1: it's hard to, it's too much anticipatory grief for me because it's like what's old what i feel today and what's coming it's just a lot and so that just, that leads us to what i want to talk about today which was just today mm. is that one of the oh, i'm gonna try not to cry again one of the best gifts of my one of... I went through a depression in my early 40s. It was pretty significant. Um, it ended up being a really good breaking point for me, hindsight-wise, meaning it was a good... It changed me. Yeah. Um, but in the midst of it, I sure sucked. wouldn't have said that. And it was sucked suck for you, too. And you're
0: not supposed to like it when you're going through it.
1: No. And it was very... It was... You know, I was saying this about grief too, because gr- grief and depression are very intertwined. Um, is that it's an internal re- it's an internal reorganization. Mm. So it's why depression and grief. I know they're different things, and I want to be I want to make sure, but they're so intertwined that you are really trying to reorganize the way you view life and see things. And I think what depression for me has been historically is having to give up things. Meaning a loss, um, or realizing that my way of seeing the world no longer fits, or realizing that who I thought I was is not who I am, or and so it's a loss of ground. Mm-hmm. And I think depression is what drove for me, drove me to realize I had to do that re- that internal reorganization. And then grief is the process I had to go through. So do you see kind of the difference?
0: Well, for sure. And you know, you may not you may not land well with you, but you. A lot of people, not everybody, would instead of facing that, looking in the mirror and going through it, we have a tendency to numb out because we're so uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. Numb out with work, numb out with drinking, numb out with drugs, numb out with whatever. Right. And so I just wanted to kind of say that. Like that's why part of the things that I on our anniversary, why I love you so much, yeah. because you will go through it. You won't go around it. You won't go over it. Got to go through it. So when we talk about, you know, well, you got to do your work. What does that mean? This is what that means. Yeah. You can't be afraid of it. And I, you're a better model for this than I am. I'm still working on it. And it doesn't mean you're better than me. No, it doesn't. But, but we need to have models to be able to do it because you, you have models that you look up to and inspired by. But, you know, in your early 40s, I'm sure that that's typical for a lot of parents. Like, how did I get here? Right. What's happening? Is this really who I am? Right. And a lot of times we numb out with glasses of Chardonnay or guys numb out with porn or um, people will numb out with work and overproductivity. And I certainly do some of that. Um,
1: Or it's this person that's causing it. Yes.
0: Or blame, projection.
1: And there is like a, there is a belief that somebody else will make us feel better, which in certain situations could be true, but in many situations, it's really what's going on with us. And then after that internal reorganization, deciding what fits. And that's, what's scary about grief is that when you go through an internal reorganization, you don't know where you're going to end up.
0: No, there's a, there's a faith that you have, you, is a surrender. There's
1: a surrender. Like,
0: I don't know where, I don't know if I'm going to, I guess I want to say you will make it through. Yes. But to say that to somebody who's in the middle of it, it's all it that can sometimes even land poorly. Like just yeah. be with the person, create space for them to have their feelings and express them instead of us getting uncomfortable like, oh you know, because I, I remember when that happened. You said some crazy stuff to me. I know. And I knew that you were gonna be fine. So I I wasn't perfect, but I did a good job just giving you the space to go through whatever it was that you were going through. Yeah,
1: well, and there's a mixture of both because I did need to hear I was gonna be okay. Right. And I was getting help, I had a, um, not only was I talking to you about it, but I, I had a professional I was working with. Um, but I also needed, I needed to say all the things and not be told that I'd be, that you're fine, because I wasn't, but I also needed right. to hear this, you'll yeah. get through.
0: so I think it's a good differentiation. I think I used bad, I, I, my language wasn't good. To say to somebody, you're fine, is not what you want to say to somebody. To say to somebody, this will end up being okay. I know you're not okay now, but it will be okay. And you will get through this. That's probably something a little more productive.
1: Like it's part of the process. Like, and it's similar to, again, remember, I'm feeling all my griefs here today. It's similar to when I was so sick, physically sick a couple of years ago. And that wasn't the only time I've been sick. You know, I was really sick in my twenties. We all have times where or people in our lives are sick and we have had to sit in that waiting room for test results or we have had to be sick for the fifth day in a row and say is this ever going to stop or we all of us have been in those times and what you need is a light not someone who says you're fine now or you should be fine now but you keep going Hmm. and physical illness and grief and depression it's all in that world of You can see the light, but you still got to walk through that tunnel. Mm. You can't just jump. Like you said, you can't like walk on top of the tunnel. You have to walk through it um, and trust that that's part of the process. And I just kind of feel like right now we're walking through a tunnel. Together. We really are. And there is a um, there's a light down there. And we can trust, like there was an article I read yesterday that I loved from a 102-year-old woman who doesn't need a lot of medication, who still walks without a walker. She's doing great. Mm -hmm. Um, She's been through the Depression, World War II. Um, You know, she was born in 19, like right before the Spanish flu pandemic. So she she remembers her parents talking about it all the time. So my point is, is that she's like, oh we're going to be fine. Mm. Like she's very like as a 102, she's like, no, I've seen it all. Yeah. And we're going to be fine. And she's part of the light at the end of the tunnel for me is I can't jump there yet. Um, but, uh, but there are people wiser than me that know that. And, um, you know, I guess, Oh, you know, going back to the, the grief depression thing is the best thing I've learned. And I, you just helped me share that part. That's one of the best thing I learned, but, When I was really having a hard time, the best gift was just today, just today is I didn't know what tomorrow was going to look like. I know that for my friends who are in recovery, it's the exact same message for them. Just this moment, just today. You know, I'm just not going to drink today. I'm just not going to take that drug today. I'm not going to make that choice today or this moment, um, depending on which feels better. And it's the same, I think, if you've ever experienced depression, anxiety, or grief. You're like, I'm not going to do tomorrow. Right now, I'm going to do just this minute. And there's such a... I remember the first time I felt it. I'm going to go really deep here, Todd. I remember, you know, because I, I remember feeling I could almost smell the grass that used to be in my front yard when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like that that feeling of I'm just going to do now and really feeling it. And again, I was in a deep place at the time. I was like, oh, this is what it felt like to be a kid yeah. when you only did now. Yeah. and. I I the visual I had is that my friends and I used to pull grass out of the ground and we would put it in each other's hair like we were shampooing each other's hair. Right? And nobody cared. Nobody was like, "But there's grass in my hair or that'll smell bad" or you just and I could smell it. And I remember that that just for today, just right now, and I think we have to do that right now is that all when I woke up this morning Um, you know, and I read the same thing you did in the book of awakening is we have to voice what we feel right now. And then we get to feel what we should feel, um, or have permission to feel the joy too and make a good meal. And you and I to celebrate our anniversary today, I would never want to be like, no, let's postpone celebrating this till everything's fine.
0: This is exactly when you should be celebrating. This is
1: Exactly when you should be celebrating. So
0: it reminds me of two things. I think two weeks ago we played a clip from Castaway and I'm not going to play it again but Tom Hanks, who was kind of in the depths of despair because he was stranded on this island. Yes. And he said, I just needed to keep breathing.
1: Oh, love that song. And
0: it also, and I don't know if there's any swear words in this part. I don't even know if it's appropriate, but I'm going to play it anyways from Dazed and Confused.
1: Okay.
2: Let me tell you this. The older you do get, the more rules you're going to try to get you to follow. (laughs) You just got to keep living, man. L I V I N.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you brought that up out of your memory of me. Do you yeah. remember that yeah. I would that I used to watch that and say JKL? Right.
0: And I, it's more not from the movie Days and Confused, but he said it he
1: did. at
0: his speech.
1: Well, he got it from Dazed and Confused and it became he has now a whole like organization called JKL. Does he? And I you and I at that time I said I just that we were using that for me like right. just keep living jkl jkl and um and that's what we have to do right now is we have to not it's like it's this really interesting balance between you have to look at what's happening in the world so you can help and then part of the way that you can help is by taking care of yourself and feeling your joy it's like a really and when i say feeling your joy that sounds kind of what i mean is that have some singing have some laughter have some dancing have some creativity you you have permission to do that n- not not from me personally but the world needs you to yeah and then when you cry and you have a hard time and you don't know how to give yeah we're grieving together too that's right. part of the dark tunnel right. so it's just, um, yeah. Were you going to play another clip well, from
0: Well, I have his Oscar speech, uh, and it's, but it's three minutes long. Yeah, it's super long. Do you remember if the gold or the best part was in the beginning, the middle, or the end?
1: Sweetie, McConaughey is gold <laughs> all the way through.
0: I'll, I'll clip it.
1: All right.
2: And to um, my hero, that's who I chase. Now, when I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come to me and say, who's your hero? And I said, I don't know, I gotta think about that. Give me a couple of weeks. I come back two weeks later. This person comes up and says, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it. You know who it is? I said, it's me in 10 years. So, I turned 25 10 years later. That same person comes to me and goes, so are you a hero? And I was like, not even close. No, no, no. She said, why? I said, because my hero is me at 35. So, you see, every day, every week, every month and every year of my life, my hero's always 10 years away. I'm never going to be my hero. I'm not going to attain that. I know I'm not. And that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing. So to any of us, whatever those things are, whatever it is we look up to, whatever it is we look forward to, and whoever it is we're chasing, to that I say, amen. To that I say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> to that I say, just keep living, huh?
0: Thank you. All right.
1: So... I actually think that's pretty good advice. I mean, you know, the the idea that, again, we talked about this three weeks ago when we first started quarantine is like, how do you want to reflect on yourself in this time? Um, it's not about that you want to reflect and say, I did everything perfectly, but do you want to reflect on yourself with some compassion? Like I had tough days. I had I had good moments. I had some creative, uh, you know, explosions. And I don't mean that you sewed a thousand masks. I mean, I mean that you played, Mm. you know, this is, there's a lot of people who need to channel their expression or their grief in certain ways. And then you may say, well, then I need to do that. But you don't because everybody is channeling it in their own way. Shows up differently, right. Right. The person who... I have seen everything across the board. I have seen people who have left social media, who are more like they they're, they want to go more inside. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. Yeah. I have seen people who have exploded mm-hmm. on social media as far as I want to reach out, reach out, reach out. And I have seen people who have become, you know, the people who are sewing masks for the whole town yeah. and who are saying, um, and I've also, I'm going to say this, um, I think we need to be thoughtful about... Not blaming other people. I'm seeing a lot of things online about these groups of people are not isolating enough and mm. these parents need to be on these kids and <clears throat> people need to. And there's a lot of, you know, what Brene Brown uh, describes blame as a discharging of our own discomfort and pain. Mm. And I, we need to be thoughtful about not discharging our own discomfort and pain, and putting it on other people. Um, there's nothing wrong with reminding people that we need to socially distance, but I don't think we need to do that in public forums. Mm. Um, I think if you know you really feel you need to call the police because a big party's going on in a park, do that. But you don't need to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like
0: a- vomit uh, emotionally, or you know, the minute, yeah. I mean, that's a whole Public rabbit forums hole. forums
1: become challenging. Yeah.
0: Very much so. Yeah. And whether it's talking to somebody on the phone or, you know, just, I don't know. That's a whole other podcast. It is.
1: It is. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. I think the 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 end of that sentence is just be thoughtful about your blame. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of it right now. I'm very angry with the federal government. Mm-hmm. I uh, Frank Bruni wrote an article today um, for the New York Times that I agree with 100%. I'm what did it very, say? Well... Just go look at it. Okay. Um, and I think that, that that is I can say it's justified. I can say, you know, I do I feel righteous and 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 I have to watch that. Like because it is not one person's fault. There's a lot of things it's not even it's not even about fault. It's right. just about we're all challenged and I have to watch my discharge of discomfort yeah. and pain. Sure. Um and um I but I'm also in love with the Chicago mayor. Yeah. You know, I also see a lot. Of, I'm loving. Yeah. Were you going to
0: put your attention only on the people that you can point your finger to? Right. Or is there other people out there doing some wonderful things? You know, what you focus on grows. So That's if you right. focus on people that are doing wonderful things, I think it is more likely that you're going to do wonderful things versus us looking at all the things that are going wrong. Right. I think that is an energy depleter and that doesn't mean that you ignore it or look away from it. And it's funny. I actually do a little bit of that because I don't uh, ingest as much news as you do during Uh this time. And I could probably move the pendulum a little bit closer to being more well-informed, but there are people out there that are just looking to blame somebody. And that is, it's toxic might be an extreme word, but it's just not healthy.
1: Well, and it doesn't, it does Again, does it move us along down the tunnel or does it keep us stuck in the tunnel? Mm. You know, and again, it's okay to have moments. I stomp around and read articles and text people and say, blah, 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 blah. Like, I have my moments. Sure. <laughs> They're longer than moments sometimes. And when
0: you do that, can you um, own it and... And then, not shame yourself for it
1: right and and i don 't i i I think that it is a release, just like any other release. Sure. Um, will you pull up one of my favorite things, sure. and it's such a weird favorite thing because there's so many things going on but so you know New York Governor Andrew Cuomo and chris Cuomo from c n n are brothers, and many of you who follow the news already know this, but they have these really funny conversations. They initially started out much more about the news because Chris was obviously in the CNN studio. For those of you who don't know, Chris Cuomo, uh, you know, tested positive for uh, COVID-19 and he's been at home recovering, but he comes on TV at whenever his time slot is and kind of tells us how he's doing. Well, the other day he and his brother had another conversation and it just made me laugh. Which one
0: do you want? Do you want the first one where he's in studio or the second one where he's wearing the hat and he's at home? That one. Okay, let me see. Uh, you came to me and yeah. you had
2: on a very interesting ballet outfit.
0: What does he talk about?
1: So what he's talking about is that Chris is saying in a very serious way, nights are rough. He has a really high fever at night. He hallucinates at night. And he's, he's telling his brother, the governor of New York, I hallucinate. And he's like, I saw dad. You know, their dad had passed away. And he said, and I saw you. And then that's the story he's telling
2: and you were dancing in the dream and you were waving a wand and saying, I wish I could wave my wand and make this go away. And then you spun around and you danced away. Well, that's, uh, there's a lot of uh, metaphoric reality <laughs> in that one. No matter how hard you're uh, working.
0: It's, it's, um, it's, just, it's actually a bunch of comedy routines between the two of them, so let's let it run for okay. a little
2: bit. You're always time to call mom. She wants to hear from you, just so you know. Yeah, I called mom. I called mom just not before I came on this show. Not what By she the said. way, she said I was her favorite. She never said <laughs> Good news is she said you were her second favorite. <laughs> second favorite son. He is going to be fine. He's uh, young In good shape, uh, strong, not as strong as he thinks, but (laughs) this virus came at me. I've never seen anything like
1: it, it. okay? They are so helpful to me because they are that balance I'm talking about.
0: Seriousness and, and, and levity. You've
1: got Andrew Cuomo, who obviously is in the is in middle. This, the middle of it. It's he's in the hot, he is the governor where the hot spot of the United States, you know, where this this virus is. So you know he understands it and he has been an amazing leader, to me, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, I watch his press conferences more than anybody's mm-hmm. besides our own state of Illinois. And um then to have Chris Cuomo, who's a journalist, who they have serious conversations, and then they have this levity that is like for me, the ex- exactly what I'm talking about is: can you find those two places? The yin and the yang. Exactly, and they are they are like those two. When time goes on, and we're through the tunnel, and we're living again in a different place. normal times. Um, if that really exists, but yeah. in a in a more stable time, yeah, I will see those and laugh, but cry too, yeah, because I'll remember how yeah. I felt and yeah. how uncertain we were, and so you know. I guess, as we always say, we're just in this with you and, um, you know, I, I, was t- I was writing to someone on Team Zen the other day and kind of explaining to them how we get emails from people and suggestions from people and some people think we should be more serious, mm. some people think they they tune in because they want us to be more funny right. and they need a break, and there's... There's no way to to make sure that we're meeting the needs of all people, but I think you and I try and balance all those things. Well, I think
0: this today's podcast is a wonderful example of that. We played these silly things from Cuomo's and some inspiration from Matthew McConaughey, and you shed some tears.
1: McConaughey,
0: McConaughey, and the Hamilton thing, yeah. which is inspiring. So, you know, you know, it's funny. We just kind of started talking as we've been doing. For the last 18 years of our marriage, but about <laughs> nine years ago, or however many years we started this podcast, we're like, we let's keep having these conversations, but let's have it in front of mm-hmm. two microphones and see what happens. So, um, so anyways, I, I do want to uh, say hi to our new team Zen members. Sure, you okay with that? Um, so these are the new newbies in the last week or so. Katie from uh, I don't know where she's from. I'm sorry, Katie. Michelle from Zurich, Switzerland. Nice. Uh, Amanda from Knoxville, Melissa from Missoula, Ashley from Niles, Illinois, close to where I grew up, Bobby from Boulder, Judith from Ottawa, Ontario, Heather from Oakbrook, Jonathan from Oak Harbor, Washington, Edwina from Glenview, and Julie from Egan. So thanks to all of our new Team Zen members. Uh, We actually have a Zen talk uh, this uh, Today, Today. technically. So um, if you guys are interested in joining our community, we're doing a promo where it's the first month is free. And I've actually even said to any existing Team Zen members, if money is an issue, let me know and I'll refund you that month. Like This is not a money-making thing, but we just want to continue to cultivate this community and give people the tools and the resources and the support that they need. If you're interested, go to our website, zenparentingradio.com and click on uh, Team Zen. Yeah. Um, we did two new, uh, pop culturing last week. Yes. The new one is up. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, Um, it is. Yeah. Knives Knives Out. out is up.
1: Okay. We did, uh, Tiger King. Yep. And then we did Knives Out this weekend, so it's already up, huh? It's already okay, up. Okay, I'll post about it.
0: And then lastly, I keep forgetting to talk about our partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. Once things get back to a little bit more normalcy and you want to redo your kitchen or your basement or your bathroom or have them paint, paint your house or whatever, uh, avidco.net, six three zero nine five six eighteen hundred. 956 1800 Give him a buzz and tell him Todd and Kathy sent you.
1: Can they still do stuff on outside of the house if they're not?
0: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah,
1: so I guess if there's outside repairs, and again, this, if you can't. Or, you know,
0: house painting, probably. Yeah, I yeah. think that can happen. That's a good idea, sweetie. Um, so, yeah, anything, any last things there, sweetie? No,
1: just that we love you and we're thinking about everybody and, um, you know, you are not alone and keep walking through the tunnel, see that light and know that you're not alone in that tunnel.
0: And Tribe Call, tomorrow night, Wednesday, go to tribemensgroup.org. would love to see you on there. It's free Um, Or shoot me an email, Todd at ZenParentingRadio.com. It's for the guys. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Next week. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also, subscribe and review our pop culturing podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. And don't
0: forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty. And the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support and keep on trucking.